Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Aaron, welcome to the cave. Thank you all for joining me today. Good, man. Thanks for having me. How's your life been the last like three, four weeks now with the whole film and everything? It's been interesting, dude. I feel like um, like Flair is definitely an idol for some people. So they really hold him in high regard and sort of expect a certain thing for him. So it's been interesting. I've gotten a lot of love, but also a lot of hate, which is very new for me. It's been a very like it's it's certainly a, a polarizing performance. Amazing. We're going to jump into a little bit more as listeners of viewers, you know, they can see you, like you mentioned, Ric Flair on uh, yeah. Iron Claw, now in theaters. Uh, let's jump into your uh, career first a little bit. Uh, you know, like uh, what made you fall in love with acting? What made you uh, pursue it? So when I was, uh, I think I was 20, I was 20 and I was a, a student at NYU and um, I had sort of like a rocky home life and I needed housing. And I basically said to the people at NYU, like, look, I, I need housing or I'm, I'm going to have to drop out of school. Mm. And they gave me a dorm room. And uh, the roommate that they paired me with was going through something very similar. And he happened to be an actor. And uh, he said, hey, I'm doing this play. Do you want to come see? And I said, yeah, let's go. And I went and I saw him. And he's this little five foot four Puerto Rican kid. And he just destroyed it on stage and i was just kind of shocked and uh and moved and i think just via him i ended up socializing with artists all the time and uh the following summer a bunch of them were they were just like hey you should try it you should try like an intensive and so i went and i auditioned for an intensive at a conservatory and probably like three, three, four weeks in, I was like, Oh my God, this is, I just got the bug, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, I was say, what were you majoring in before you decided to switch everything around? Uh, psychology. I don't know, man. I didn't know what I was doing. I was one of those kids. I was like, you know, I was an undergrad student. I didn't have yeah. any direction. I had no idea what I was going to do in a couple of years. And this just felt, it gave me some, some certainty. Wow. Yeah, man. Was, was there a backup plan ever? Just in case this didn't stick out. I've always been a hustler. You know what I'm yeah. saying? For yeah. me, it's like I didn't have a backup plan because I just knew not that I would succeed in acting, but I knew that I'd I'd figure something out. I've always been a grinder. I've always had a bunch of side hustles. I've started businesses before. I've I, you know, I've always figured out a way to make money and to make ends meet. And so I wasn't ever worried about things getting too dire because I knew I'd figure something out if it didn't work out. So no, not really, man. Yeah. If from what I seen, I was doing some research last night to uh a couple nights ago. Um, you know, your resume is pretty decent, man. You got you know, you did Dead Ringers, you did Joe Pickett, you know, you've done a few things. So it's not like you yeah. know, you're just you're new to the business. You've been grinding for a few years now. Yeah, I've been doing this a while, you know, and I think it's um it's been sort of a a slow and steady pace. And a lot of that has had to do with um trying to curate the kind of career that I want to have. And um, I've sort of purposely not jumped into shows on the CW, no offense to them at all, but they're just sort of, 
I've tried to be a part of things that I, that I love, that I want to watch. And so, um, you know, I've been fortunate to work on a lot of quality stuff, man. You know, David Simon gave me a chance on the deuce and, and that sort of set the ball in motion in terms of just getting to work on quality projects. What's the, what's the ultimate goal you think for you? Man. Um, I've got a two-year-old. You have kids? Yeah, I have two. Yeah. So it's a, I think my answer to that is a little bit different now that I'm a parent. I think like the ultimate goal is probably, um, making a good living and having freedom, flexibility, and time with my family. But, but in the, in terms of artistic stuff, I like stretching, man. I like stretching. I like, um, I like working on transformative stuff. I like working with people who are open to spontaneity and seeing what happens. And, uh, uh, Man, I don't know. I'd love to just work with some of like my favorite directors. Cone Brothers, Paul Thomas Anderson, Darren Aronofsky, Scorsese. You know, I mean, of course, I have probably the same dream that any actor does. Right, like, right. To work with the directors that they really love, man. What about a dream role? Everybody says like Marvel, DC or anything like that. Do you have a... Again, I think it's a tricky, it's a complicated question because it's so, so much of that is now tied to like my existence as a father. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, from an artistic standpoint, I don't have any dreams of being a superhero. But of course, I have dreams of creating a life for my family of just ease. So it's right. like, uh, that's a complicated one, man. Dream role. Last year, I played a lot of maniacs. Okay. I played a lot of maniacs and it was a lot of fun. My role on, on Joe Pickett was kind of like a cult leader. My role on Dead Ringers was definitely a very off-center, wacky guy. Mm. Ric Flair's a maniac. Yeah, he is. So I was really exhausted at the end of last year. And then I did just like a normal role, which is which was nice. I just played like a regular cop. I like, I think I like jumping into the deep end. And then coming back and doing some stuff to stay healthy is what I would say. But I don't know. I don't know. I've been, uh, some people have been talking to me about um, uh, Gene Kelly. Okay. Gene Kelly, um, uh, which would be cool. He's the guy, I don't know if you know who he is. He's the guy who did Singing in the Rain. He's like a really yeah. old school uh, actor, singer, dancer. Yeah. Um, something like that is interesting to me because just at the challenge. I like the challenge, man. You know, it was fun to it was fun to dig into things last year because I think each one of them at the beginning of it, I was nervous that I couldn't do them. And I mm. I, I like that feeling. I like sort of having a, a big amount of doubt and saying, oh, you know, screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go full force that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Iron Claw, Iron Claw must have been a big challenge for you. Actually, we'll jump right into that right now. Like, how did this yeah. happen for you? I read somewhere that uh You've worked with um, Durkin before. So Sean, Durkin. Yeah, so I worked with Sean on Dead Ringers. You know, that's what's been sort of nice about the trajectory of my career. It's like I've gotten to work on things where the work has got more work. So it's mm -hmm. like Sean knew me from The Deuce 
And then he was directing something on Dead Ringers. I ended up working on Dead Ringers and then the offer for uh, the Iron Claw came in from just from the work that I had done on yeah. Ringers, uh, which is interesting because that character was definitely a little wild, but he was like a beta male, which to me is like the opposite of Flair. Yeah. You know, so I was I was surprised when this when the offer came in. And when I read the script, my first thought was like, man, this is a hell of a lot of work for not a ton on the page. I'm going to have to put on a lot of weight in a sh very short amount of time. And I'm going to have to study a lot for not that much. So um, I did some research on Flair. I watched a bunch of his promos and I jumped on the phone with Sean and I was like, hey, man, look, I know this is your baby. You've been trying to get this thing made for 10 years. Can I curse on this or no? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I was like, I was like, look, please feel free to tell me to fuck off. It's totally fine. I was like, but I have an idea that would make this role feel more worthwhile to me. And he was like, okay, what is it? And I was like, I watched a bunch of this guy's promos. And I was like, maybe, maybe we could throw a promo in there. And he was open to the idea. So I went and I gathered a bunch of links. I sent him a ton of links of, of a bunch of late 70s, early 80s promos. And uh, he fell in love with it. And so uh, he ended up incorporating that into the film. And then it's cool because he added all these other promos to the film. So now Kevin has one, David has one, um, Harley has one, and, and Flair has one. Wow. Did you, um, were you like a wrestling fan growing up too? Did you like know who Ric Flair was? Yeah. Oh, I knew who he was. I wasn't like a, I definitely was not a fanatic, but I was like, uh, I, I had the video games. I had some action figurines. Yeah. I had, a, you know, a toy wrestling ring. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know, I was big into like um, Big Boss Man, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk yeah. Hogan. I was, I was of that era, Undertaker. Um, but no, not as an adult. I hadn't like, I hadn't revisited wrestling in years. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. how do you, so you said you you were watching the the promos and everything like how did you decide to play this character after watching all this because uh, you know Flair seventies eighties Flair was different after going to the nineties and early two thousands totally. before he retired yeah I mean you know honestly I don't think I think my first my my first initial thought which I stuck with and which Sean agreed with was we weren't going to go for like an impersonation. Right. I just felt like there was so much out there on the internet already impersonating him in a really great way. And it didn't feel like a mimicry of him would fit into that moment of the film and into the world of the film. Mm -hmm. So it felt like my approach was sort of like, how do I, how do I get down this guy's essence and his energy and sort of understand him yeah. and understand what he's doing and, and in and out of the ring and um, just figure out his energy, man, and his reasons for things and uh, just stay away from doing any kind of like an impression. Did you, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 I was just gonna say like, a lot of it for me was about the stakes for the Von Erics. Yeah. Because of their relationship to their father 
and what it meant to the family to get this belt, it felt like the stakes were so high for them that my take on it became a more serious thing than I think Flair was in real life. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. a darker take on him. Yeah. Did you, uh, I was, uh, when I was doing the research also, I saw that, uh, Rick Flair tried to get a hold of you. You guys, did, did you guys ever communicate with each other? What yeah, happened? So we had, so, no, we never got a hold of each other, man. You know, when, when we were doing some of the training, the wrestling training with Chavo, Chavo had reached out for, to Rick and, um, uh, I think he was just in typical Flair fashion. He was like literally flying on private jets all over the place. Yeah. I think it was probably in the thick of um, promoting some of the weed stuff that he's doing with Mike Tyson. Okay. And we had such a small window, you know, yeah. like I had, I think when I got the offer for the role, I had eight weeks. Wow. And so, uh, and then maybe like, we didn't, I didn't meet Chavo until like a couple weeks before we were shooting. Mm. And it's like, how am I going to access Flair otherwise? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not going to, he's not going to, he's got how many followers on Instagram? I'm not going to, I'm not going to find him there. Yeah. So um, uh, via the movie was like the only possible way to get to him. And by the time we were there, it was just too late, man. It was like a couple weeks before we were going. Mm. What do you think was like the biggest challenge playing this character? Or a real person, I mean. I had to eat a lot of food. <laughs> I had to eat a ton of food. I had to put on a lot of weight. And uh, I think it's his energy, man. Mm. It's exhausting. It's really like, honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I never play another role with as much energy as him. Really. He, this guy was doing hundreds of matches a year, pounding double digits amount of alcohol all the time, was hyper-sexually active, and was in a grueling physical sport. And he did this nonstop for decades, right. busted out hundreds of those promos at a fucking 12. Mm. I just don't, I think by far the most challenging part of that was how do I get an ounce of this guy's vigor? What was more, what was more like uh, for you uh, easier, the promos or stepping in the ring, you think? The ring. Yeah. A hundred percent, dude. I mean, you know, I love doing physical stuff. So it gets you out of your head and uh, yeah, I don't know. I was an athlete growing up. So I just loved getting in there. It was fun. The physical challenge is fun, especially after busting my ass for two months and putting on 35, 40 pounds. It's like, like I've been doing this so that I'm capable in the ring. You know what I mean? So that if somebody comes and runs and jumps on me, I can hold them with, with no problem. Uh, yeah, the ring is way easier, I think, than the promo, man. The promo was super hard. Yeah. He's, the, he's the best. I, I honestly think he's the best to ever do it. So I just had to let go of trying to do it like, like he did it and just try to capture an ounce of his energy and his essence, man. Yeah. 
You mentioned at the beginning of the interview also, you know, you've had good feedback on the role. You've also had some negative feedback. Tell us a little bit oh, about sure. that. Tell us yeah. a little about that. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, I think that directors, A24, Sean, a bunch yeah. of artists, the average moviegoer, they've all been really stoked about and shouting out the performance. They've right. all been over the moon about it. I've had a decent amount of wrestling fans reach out very aggressively and they seem furious with the portrayal. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I've been doing my best to try to understand their perspective. Okay. And I think at the end of the day, they really wanted like a very accurate impersonation. And so when they saw this guy that they hold in so hot, such high regard, portrayed in a way that's different than their idea or their memory of him, yeah. they became furious. And, you know, look, I, I certainly, I understand that to a degree. I wish that they understood that like, it's not, Number one, it's not an impersonation. It's a dramatization of a historical character. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, I did what I thought best served the film and what I thought would best honor Rick. And so I think that um, that's been challenging, man. It's been challenging that the that not all of I know Chavo is in big support of it and I know a bunch of other big wrestlers have come out and supported it also but it's been yeah. a bump that uh a, a subsection of the wrestling community has been like like it's it made them mad it feels like it pissed them off yeah and uh I I just wish that they understood what it was as opposed to thinking that it's like that I went for like a mimic of Ric Flair and that I missed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Um, but then on the other side of things, I know the studio loves it. A couple of my favorite directors in the whole world of all time have reached out and said that they loved it. Um, and I'm really proud of it, man. I worked really, 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 really hard. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm an artist. A lot of the times, good art is polarizing and divisive. Um, so it's certainly new, though, man, getting people. And some of it is honestly funny. Somebody messaged me yesterday. <laughs> and they said, some dude messaged me yesterday. And he said, he said, happy holidays to everybody, comma, except you. You suck. And I was like, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of. It doesn't, here's the thing. It's like, it doesn't make me doubt myself or change right. my own opinion about what I what I did, but it, it saddens me that they're upset. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to honor the wrestling fans. Of course you right. want them to be happy about it, man. Right. At the end of the day, I wouldn't change what I did. Right. I wouldn't change it. I stand behind it. I love what I did. So, right. you know. I yeah. was just going to say, you know, like haters are always going to hate. We just got to keep on grinding. That's all. A hundred percent, dude. And ignore the, the noise. That's all I said. If you ignore the noise. Dude. And when you, and when you do your best, when you leave it out on the field, it's like, you just, you have peace about it. You go like, well, I did my best. I can't, 
I don't have any remorse about what I did because it's like I drained every ounce of myself for it. Mm. So I'm proud of it, man. Right. Yeah, and, and exactly, dude. Noise is noise, and, and it's not even bad noise is not is not bad noise. Right, right. Hey, tell me a little bit about the when you guys had the um, premiere. Did I read somewhere about a 20, 25 minute standing ovation for this film? Oh, that that that's what I that's what I read somewhere. Were you there? Or maybe maybe it was like 19 minutes or something like that. I don't know. It was a long time. Yeah. People were amped, man. It's a beautiful film. Have you seen it? Have you yeah, seen yeah. yeah. It's, it's a beautiful movie, man. I think like I'm really just proud to be a part of the film. I really am. I'm not just saying that. That's not like a PR thing. I think that Sean made a really brave, beautiful, risky, awesome film. And it feels so deeply personal, even though it's not about him. What do you think about Zach and uh, Jeremy and even Kevin playing Harley? They're awesome, dude. They're yeah. awesome. They're awesome. They were, um, Zach's a beast. Yeah. Oh, he got huge for this. And he was already pretty big. I'm sure that he was already in some kind of shape. And then got this. And of course, you know, look, he's the lead in the movie. So I think he got six or seven months. Yeah. But he's a monster in it. I mean, I remember the first day that we had like wrestling rehearsal. And afterwards he took his shirt off and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is this? I like, I don't think... I said to my friends at the time, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody in person that shredded, ever. So, um, yeah, dude, they're all beasts. And everybody, um, I think everybody's really good in the movie, man. Did they give you any any advice for doing this movie? Who? Oh, those actors? Yeah. Any advice or feedback? Yeah, I think Zach said to me... Um, He said something about how like it could be, you know, the locker room scene. Yeah. So if you think about the reality of that locker room scene, like me, Aaron, I'm walking into a locker room with Holt, Jeremy Allen White, and Zach Efron. Right? And Zach was basically like, you know, it's like an intimidating room to walk into. And he was just like, You're good, man. It's all you're all good. He's like, you could you could come in. Do your thing. Like you're here for a reason. Right. Awesome. You know? Yeah, man. Amazing. Uh, so uh, now that the film is out, everything, uh, you know, like I said, even the reviews have been coming out pretty good for this, uh, for this movie. Uh, what's next for yeah. you now? Any other projects you're allowed to tell us about that you're coming out, you're working on um, or, well, or something gonna... or, some, or something you want to tell the wrestling fans, anything else? Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. Look, I'll say, I'll say this to the wrestling fans. I fucking hear you guys. I hear you. Uh, it's not an impersonation. Uh, I'm sorry that you didn't like what I did. I stand behind what I did. Uh, I respect the hell out of Flair. And, uh, you know, all I wanted to do was honor the dude. I'm sorry I missed the mark for you, but uh, I fucking stand behind what I did. Yeah, man. So so what's what's next for you now? Any projects you want to tell us about? Um, Coming up, 2024, big year. Dude, I mean, we're also coming off a strike. So, you know, I'm sort of feeling some offers and feeling out some things right now. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to jump into just because um, obviously the release of this movie has brought up some opportunities. So now it's just kind of like, 
I feel like we're in a little bit of a different ballpark than I was last year. Right. So trying to be strategic about it. I'm not sure yet, man. I don't know. Uh, Aaron, how can the how can the wrestling fans, the viewers, the listeners find you on social media then keep up with you? All right. Well, let me say this. If the wrestling fans are going to find me on social media, ease up. Don't start having arguments on my page. That's not right. what it's for. Um, but uh, you can find me just, I'm only on Instagram, Aaron Dean Eisenberg, my full name. Uh, and that's it. That's my only social media presence, man. Amazing. Aaron, I want to thank you all for giving me a This was great. Yeah, thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.